Welcome to the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from the year of the movie 2023. I'm Sebastian. I'm Maggie. And this is our podcast. Our last episode was just a little uh, recap of movies we've reviewed so far, but now we're going back into what the podcast is about, and we're talking about a movie that came out in 2023. This is our first review from a year that isn't the year the podcast is about. Yeah. What's what's today's movie? Uh, we're talking about Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. A little context of Please Don't Destroy. They, uh, yeah. little sketch comedy group. And uh, they've been doing, what, like TikToks and stuff for a while, and then they got onto SNL. They're yeah. popular there. Yeah, so they... I assume still have like a YouTube channel and yeah, they got big on TikTok and stuff during the pandemic with their absurdist humor and then yeah, now they're writers on SNL and then the movie happened in 2023. Yeah. So pretty quick trajectory up. Yes, but how you say that? They are two of two out of three of them. Two out of, uh, yeah. So they're funny, but we should also mention Two out of three of them, at least, are Nepo babies. Yeah. Um, a very specific comedy type of Nepo baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them, uh, his dad is a writer who has been on SNL a lot. He was also like the host voice of one of the late night shows. I think it was Kimmel. No. Um, or an intro. He is Fallon's sidekick. Fallon, yes. Yeah. Uh, I knew there was a Jimmy and a late night involved. Um, and then uh, another one, his dad is one of the like long-term collabor- collaborators with Adam Sandler. Um, and then the third one? He's just kind of there. Buddies, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, we can get more into that later. Well, for now, why did you start this podcast? Oh, you know, we were a couple of bored white people. Yeah. What else are we going to talk about? Sports? Uh, (laughs) No, we started this podcast because 2023 was a weird year for movies, Mm -hmm. both in terms of what came out and just also what happened behind the scenes. There were the big strikes that happened Mm -hmm. and got resolved. Um, Big moments of movie history like Barbenheimer and whatnot. So we just thought you know let's talk about it hundreds of movies come out within a year that gives us years of content <laughs> so they're committed there to we it. go yeah yeah so uh the synopsis of the treasure of foggy mountain is three deadbeat co-workers fend off hairless bears desperate park rangers and a hypocritical cult leader while searching for a priceless treasure what were your first impressions when you heard about this movie and we kind of talked already about it, but how familiar are you with Please Don't Destroy? Yeah. I was definitely excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, like, I was definitely looking forward to it because I, I enjoy their sketches on SNL. The the one that they had with Rami Malek. That was their first one. On SNL. It was really solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... It was like a year after they started SNL. It was announced they were making a movie, and it was just like, "Oh wow, like that's okay." Yeah. Um, I'm definitely familiar with them. I watch their stuff on SNL probably more than I watch any other parts of SNL. Mm-hmm. They sort of seemed like the new Lonely Island um, for SNL. That's definitely how um, people are talking about them. Yeah. I think right now I probably still prefer Lonely Island, mm-hmm. um, but these guys are still pretty new. So yeah, yeah, uh, I'd say pretty much the same. I was uh, definitely interested in this movie, um, like the nepotism stuff aside. Just like seeing people around our age also doing comedy and doing it well, yeah. then I'm just kind of like, oh, good for them. Like that's <laughs> wild. Um, so it's, it's impressive that this got made, so I was interested in seeing it. Um, 
I'm not really watching TikToks anymore, but I definitely saw a bunch of their sketches when I was on it. Um, yeah, liked them, thought they were funny, thought they were doing something slightly different, especially on TikTok. It's like, ooh. <laughs> that was a big neck pop. I wonder yeah. if that got picked up yeah. by the microphone. Um, I, yeah, especially on TikTok, I thought they were doing something different than the typical sketches that are on there. Um, so they stood out on that platform for sure. It makes sense that they got picked up by SNL. Yeah. All the reasons we've already talked about. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always talk about the trailer mm-hmm. on this show. Why do we do that? So to give you an idea of the movie, if you haven't watched it already, you maybe think that the trailer sounds interesting and you want to give it a watch before listening to this episode. Great. Um, we also can't legally show you the trailer, so we're just going to describe it to you. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to me to see how a movie markets itself and how it's different from what the actual movie is. This one, this is the recap of the official trailer. Um, it's about three minutes long, which most of the time if I see a trailer that's two and a half minutes, I'm like, oof, this is going to be a long recap. Yep, so... <laughs> So, so, Sit back and relax. Yeah. <laughs> we tell you what happened in yeah. the trailer. It's also dialogue heavy, which adds to the length. Okay, so. Oh, I guess we should say Conan O'Brien's in the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> Conan O'Brien yells, <laughs> "What the? Where the hell? Or what the hell were you doing? You're three hours late at a group of three guys. One of them, Ben, says, Dad, you don't understand. The car was busted, so we had to shred. And we see clips of the guy's car not starting and them roller skating down a street, very happy the entire time. Ben's dad says, why are your lips red? Were you eating a snow cone? Ben says, that's a really good guess, before showing another clip of the guys roller skating out of a store. The kids outside of the store stop them and say, what kind of adults rollerblade? And the guys look confused, holding their snow cones. Back to Conan yelling... Uh, saying the police are here and they're saying you bought alcohol for minors before showing the kids from earlier opening beer cans. One of the other guys, Martin, says in Europe the drinking age is like 10 and his friend John adds they could have been European. Conan asks what made you think they were European and Martin responds they had a certain je ne sais quoi and Ben adds I think one of them was eating pan au chocolat. The Peacock and Universal logos come up full screen as a dramatic version of Crank That by Soldier Boy kicks in. John tells his friends, guys, everyone thinks we're losers, but that's about to change. There's another full screen from the producer of The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Before John continues, I know where the treasure of Foggy Mountain is, holding up a compass to a map. Ben asks, from when we were kids, before showing a brief shot of the group much younger. Another full screen in the producers of Step Brothers, before John again saying, we're looking, for a, we're looking at 100 mil. It'd be like, I mean, I know it's a lot more than this, but it'd be at least a million dollars each. Martin and Ben both say significantly more before John says, what are we waiting for? Full screen this November before showing a Subaru driving to a park, the guys walking the trails, and a park ranger, Lisa, looking at them. Lisa talks to her friend, Taylor, the cute guys that came in earlier. Taylor says, I didn't see nobody cute. The ginger looked like a colonial ghost. Glasses looked like Tim Burton drew him, and the short one, we probably wear the same bra size. And we see clips of the guys as she describes them. Lisa says they had a treasure map with an X on it. Taylor says, we're gonna steal that map. There's a shot of Foggy Mountain before showing the guys in the woods again. They turn around and Martin says, that's a full-on hawk, and we see a hawk walking on the ground behind them. They say hi, then suddenly the hawk runs towards them and begins chasing the group. The hawk screeches as they climb a rock and Martin screams back. Ben asks, does it not know how it can fly? Why did it walk away with an attitude? There are several quick, darker shots as John says, everyone is after this treasure, and there's a group standing in a parking lot with masks on. Ben confronts Lisa and Taylor, saying, we deserve that, and Taylor responds, you deserve it. Three white guys whose biggest issue is what, growing up? The guys slowly respond, no, it's way more nuanced than that, before quickly cutting to Taylor punching John in the throat, Taylor celebrating, Ben punching her in the throat and freaking out. Taylor yells, you just hit a woman. And Martin says, I apologize for him, I would, for one would never, before Taylor punches him too, and he immediately punches back, and Ben says, oh my god, you hypocrite. Martin says, so I've hit one woman. That's not in the grand scheme. And Taylor punches him again and he throws up. Cut to the guys walking over an off-trail sign and finding an area with purple smoke. A deep voice tells them, welcome, new friends. And there's someone with a giant paper mache head. 
There are several shots of the guys enjoying themselves while Martin's voiceover says, We can all agree this is a scary cult and we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And there's a shot of someone where, uh... Oh, there's a shot of someone wearing one of the masks from earlier. Martin says, We're in a docuseries and this is episode two, and the other guys agree. There's a shot of the cult leader, Bowen Yang, a large purple bonfire and a cheering crowd before cutting to John, poking his head out of a tent, saying, Insane night! And then seeing Martin Ben tied up in sleeping bags with mouth gags, he looks down, then asks, Guys, are, why are we tied up? Another quick cut tonight, we see all three guys in wingsuits, and Ben says, I'd rather die than live without you boys. Before they all jump off the cliff and fly over the forest, the hawk flies with them. Cut again to Bowen Yang and other purple cult members sta standing in a line. Conan puts his fists up next to his employees, then the two groups charge towards each other. There's hectic shots of the guys yelling at each other, a different attempt to fly with the wingsuit, the hawk screeching, John and Lisa about to kiss, and the guys around a bonfire together. It cuts to the group in a dark room, Martin saying, guys, look, and Ben says, that's the treasure door. We see the guys at the door op open the door into darkness before a creature comes out screeching at them. They scream <laughs> and close the door. They continue to scream after the door is closed, and John says, forget the money, it's not worth it, before the full screen reading, please don't destroy the treasure of Foggy Mountain. There's a lot in there. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's a long trailer. Yeah. Um, dialogue heavy. Yeah. It seems like they're pretty self-aware, and also it's absurdist. Yeah. Absurdist is a loose absurdist in this yeah. to me. It feels more goofist. A goofist. Yeah. I. A lot of it is just like they're being goofy, to be goofy. And it's less absurd. Bottoms is absurdist. I use absurdist in this because a bunch of other descriptions were calling them absurdist. I don't think it's that off the wall. I think it's, it's guys being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the kind of funny where it's not following necessarily the rules of comedy. And it's more just like, if you're joking around with your friend mm -hmm. and weird jokes happen, yeah. then they made a movie with that. And that's probably why I still prefer Lonely Island, because Lonely Island is absurdist. Mm -hmm. Hot Rod is mm -hmm. an absurdist movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this one is more of just like a hanging out. Yeah. Being goofy. Yeah. Uh, I do, like, a lot of comedy trailers, you know, they show, like, the highlight comedy bits. And then when you watch it, those are the funny bits in the movie. Mm -hmm. These bits in the movie are still funny. But there are at least a lot of other funny bits in the movie, so yeah. that's good. Um, I do feel like a lot of this is just kind of like a little like seasoning of the funniest moments, but the other yeah. context does add to it. Yeah. Um, I think that the scene with Conan is one of the stronger scenes, um, so it makes sense that a lot of the trailer is taken up by that. And also, if you have Conan in your movie, you're gonna you're gonna show that. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't yeah. really do much acting, so. It's... Yeah, when when I was looking at like quotes from the movie or whatever on on IMDb, then that whole exchange of like you're three hours late, and then saying they had a certain je ne sais quoi yeah. was all in there, and then it, it's been a little while since we've watched the movie since I was making this. And then reading that, I was like, oh, yeah, that was funny, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot there. Shall we talk about the cast? Let's talk about the cast. So, the three main Please Don't Destroy guys. Martin Hurley. Hurley? Hurley, no. John Higgins, Ben Marshall. They play Martin, John, Ben. Respect. <laughs> respectively. Yeah. Respectfully? Respectively. Respectively. They do play. I mean, they're very respectful. <laughs> and they're respected. But it's probably respectively. <laughs> Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I can't talk, man. Yeah. So I'll just leave it to you. Conan O'Brien. Oh, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Farley, who is Ben's dad. Yeah. Uh, Bowen Yang plays Deech Nordwind. Megan Stelpler as Lisa. X Mayo as Taylor. Nicole Sakura as Amy, Gatton Matarazzo as Gatton Matarazzo, uh, and John Goodman as the narrator. <laughs> yeah. Are you confused by that cast? It's, Don't worry. it's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, uh, probably spoiler-ish. Yeah, let's yeah. just let's just dive into those spoilers. Yeah. You see full-on penis. <laughs> <laughs> let's get that out of the way right now. That was that not your priority? Was that not what you wanted to? Because <laughs> that's what that's what I remember about this movie. Yeah. Can't stop thinking about. <laughs> no, please continue. All right, so that we'll see you next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a pretty basic plot, but not in a bad way. It's just like pretty straightforward. I feel like if you have um, like a buddy comedy movie like this, it's gonna be a pretty simple premise of like we we gotta do stuff during this one night, yeah. or I need my my stepdad to respect me, or. Uh, other other ones that we've seen stepbrother yep you know mm-hmm. you get it yeah <laughs> uh so this one is just they're growing up they're becoming adults they're trying to hold on to that same level of friendship through life changes or at least john is um martin is dating a very religious girl and he is um going along with it and he becomes adult baptized um then uh ben is trying his darndest to take over the so all three of them work at trout plus uh bass pro shop bass pro shop that conan o'brien his dad runs so ben is trying to like himself so that he seems worthy to take over the business from his dad um he's not super great at that but basically two out of three of them have different priorities outside of this friendship now and then john is like trying to hold on to that he sees a tiktok that talks about the treasure of foggy mountain and then he's like oh wait i remember that compass that we found in the river as children (laughs) turns out it's the clue to this treasure so then they go and try and find it hijinks ensue there's a cult uh yeah standard buddy comedy plot with three guys to me uh that's kind of it made me think of the night before which we have talked about um we're pretty much the same thing of two out of three of them have different uh priorities and one of them is holding on to it basic premise but it works yeah um if you just want to be friends i know also we haven't watched it yet but at least one person and then a bunch of reviews online uh, told us to also watch um, Without a Paddle, yeah. which has a similar premise to this, which I do want to watch at some point. Mm-hmm. Just haven't yet. Is it Seth Green, I think? Yeah. Maybe Dax Shepard? Sure. And another guy. <laughs> the third one. Who I always feel like looks like Edward Norton, but isn't Edward Norton. Mm. Eddie Norton. So... <laughs> feels pretty typically early 2000s. Yeah, like um, we've talked about you know, uh, Lonely Island yep. and Seth Rogen and uh, I mean the, the trailer mentions Step Brothers and 40 Year Old Virgin. It definitely has that same vibe of like, we're trying to bring it back the early 2000s comedy. Yeah. Um, I was like pre-cringing the entire time because I was waiting for someone to say a gross joke about a woman about her body (laughs) something and this one doesn't do that no it's pretty modern yeah which i was pleasantly surprised by um like you said earlier amy is uh martin's girlfriend she's religious the movie does and doesn't make fun of it it never like questions her beliefs it's more just like what are you doing martin you're going through all of these hoops is it who you are yeah so if they say martin's jewish yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least he doesn't. He doesn't believe in the Christian in Christianity, but yeah. he's like going through these steps because he's like, well, I'm with this person, and this is something yeah. that's important to her, so I'm gonna do it too because that's what you do when you're grown up. Uh, and then yeah, she wants to buy a house together, and he's like, they're looking at the houses on Zillow or something, and he's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
Um, also throughout, they keep teasing that Martin has uh, an alter ego when he gets drunk. Yeah. Or, right? Yeah, so um, he has, like, a party personality. Yeah. I cannot remember the name of it right now, but it's, like, it's it's not, like, Party Doug or something, but it's just, like, Cool Dave. Darren like, or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, a different name, but... Um, yeah, they have these stories about, like, ah, oh, remember... They, they, like, fully refer to him as a different person. They're like, remember when Darren did this thing? Um, yeah, if he... Yeah, if he drinks something at a party, then he, he slicks back his hair and he puts on these sunglasses and he... Just this really cool... He rips off, guy. yeah, the sleeves of whatever shirt he's wearing and now he's in a tank top. <laughs> and he just, like... Well, yeah, he, he becomes a really macho dude. And that's, like, a side of himself that he hasn't shown Amy and then when it does come out then she's cool with it Yeah, she likes it Yeah. Um, John and Lisa's relationship is fun they like each other mm-hmm. it's pretty quickly established that like it isn't like a shoehorned uh, romance they have a lot in common mm-hmm. um, and yeah she's like trying to or she's Taylor tells her that, like, you should distract him, or, like, you should get on his good side so we could steal the map, and then she's just, like, genuinely talking to him, and they yeah, they riff off of each other and whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of goofy jokes that have some sort of payoff. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's wild. Yeah. Uh, for example, they keep talking about, like, how rich the Stranger Things kids are, like uh, Conan O'Brien keeps talking about them to Ben. He's like, like, like he's disappointed in his son for not being a Stranger Kids. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, kids. he's like, look at those Stranger Things kids. Look at the, like, look what they've done with their lives. Yeah. I wish. Why can't you be like that or something like that? And then they, um, they get the treasure, spoilers, and then they're gonna sell it to this high, the this bidder because it's a bust of Marie Antoinette. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we have a buyer who's coming in. And then you find out that the buyer is Gavin Matarazzo, and he's playing a version of himself, and it's very goofy. Um, He also dies. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, like part of this movie is, like, while they're in the woods and they find the treasure, they run into a cult in the middle of the woods, Mm -hmm. and then, like, the cult is like, we don't need to be connected to the internet or anything. But then the cult leader finds out about how expensive so so the um beach nor nordwind yeah. uh they keep showing missing posters of him yeah. um so he went missing some time ago um and then you find out throughout the movie that he went missing to specifically look for the treasure and then he founded this cult of other people who also went to go look for the treasure and then ended up not finding it or being lost in the woods and then the, their cult is basically like we don't we don't need it like we've mm-hmm. we've attained a enlightenment or whatever but, just high yeah and, and they're high and he's controlling and yeah. then um, they find out how much the thing is actually worth and then Deech is like oh wait a second and then they get violent yeah so then they find out that the the sale of the treasure mm-hmm. is going to be at the Bass Pro Shop. So they raid the Bass Pro Shop, uh, and then there's about to be this whole fight, and then Gaddon from Stranger Things is like, hey guys, let's not fight. If I've learned anything in my, my brief time, and then someone throws a spear and kills him, and they just, <laughs> just canonically dies in this movie. Uh, so that was very goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, um, John joins the cult yeah. so like they're they're able to escape with the treasure they're on their way out and then john there's like the fight that happens in these movies the, the friendship breakup the, yeah the friendship breakup happens john decides that he's going to stay behind and stay with the cult because it gives him some sort of structure um and then they do a very goofy time jump where they're like the uh their appearances are different it's it's only two weeks later, uh, but like Ben has a mustache or a goatee now, and uh, like a bolo tie and a suit. Yeah, Martin is wearing this giant suit because he 
keeps wearing giant suits so whenever anything for the church happens he's like I, I needed to borrow a tux so he it's just a like a zoot suit basically, basically. Um, and then so they're sitting at a diner like waiting or going over paperwork for the, the sale of the thing and then John shows up with the cult members to get supplies but with, with those big masks they're all wearing the weird bald mask things yeah it's I don't like, think we described them earlier yeah the masks like they change their fi- like they look realistic like, yeah realistic person masks um that like you would wear for makeup and like doing like a weird monster type of thing yeah but like it's just it's completely blank and bald and so they just look like these weird bald monstrosities and I forget why they specify that they have to wear them I think it's just like because they they're all technically missing so they're like yeah. they want to hide their identities so John shows up there and he's like hey guys and like pulls off the mask yeah. and he's just like help me yeah. so, <laughs> um, the hawk the hawk the hawk so I mean we talk about it on the trailer yeah the hawk just like it's walking around and it like, just shows up shows up and follows them but then it shows up later in the movie like a couple times mm-hmm. um a couple times in the movie they uh have the like squirrel suit die like the wingsuit the wingsuit thing mm-hmm. um and so like the three of them when they're finally united back together after the breakup and they're like working together again then they wingsuit off of the mountain all the way to so they ben and martin went back into the woods to rescue john yeah and then john tells them that Bo and Yang is on the way to stop the sale because he wants the thing for himself. So they're like, there's no way we can beat him. So they, they wingsuit to the Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. And then while they're flying, the hawk pulls up next to them flying and they're like, oh my gosh, hawk, you, you do know how to fly. Yeah. And like the hawk like practically winks at them. Yeah. But then... It's a it's a bad CGI hawk, but it's like... Yeah, they lean into intentionally it. Intentionally bad. But then the hawk... Uh, like flies and basically dives and cuts uh ben no not ben not martin the other one john john's wingsuit mm-hmm. right at the crotch and so his penis does come out mm-hmm. and it just flaps around in the wind and the movie fully shows it that was another weird joke that that gets the payoff later because they established the, why they became friends in the first place it was in like sixth grade or something yeah. then john was doing a magic trick at he the really likes show. magic yeah and he his his pants came off at some point during the mat the his show was caught on fire yeah and so then everyone saw it so then afterwards then ben and martin came up to him they were like we thought he was pretty cool and then <laughs> yeah that's their friendship uh they also established that like because this is basically bass pro shop that um there's like a, a wind tunnel in it so they one of the things they do together a lot is get drunk in the wind tunnel and fly in the wingsuits so that's like why they have wingsuit experience yeah. and then john goodman narrates over john flying by himself where he's like john realized that his friends were moving on without him yeah. by the way i'm john goodman he says in the movie <laughs> i'm john goodman yeah <laughs> very goofy it is this whole movie is very goofy it is um anything else that we want to talk about before production facts i don't know a lot of i don't think there's really like any like specific things it is just a goofy movie honestly like this is mm-hmm. goofy yeah so no great <laughs> yeah uh it was released november 17th 2023 on peacock it has a 92 minute runtime and it's rated r um it has a 42 percent on rotten tomatoes with a 92 percent audience score and a 49 out of 100 on metacritic Metacritic is the one that does the averages of a bunch of critic reviews, so this is only from 13 reviewers. That's... Critics don't like comedy. No. Like, that. that is being proven right now, because we're recording this the day or two after Golden Globes, Emmys. Oh, Emmys were last night. Emmys last night? Okay, yeah. so yeah, the day after Emmys, and The Bear mm-hmm. is just sweeping best comedy, and it's not a comedy like there are funny moments but the whole thing about it is how stressful these people's lives are it's a it's definitely a different type of comedy yeah there's this this type and the bear hard to compare the, yeah, yeah 
I think Bear is too far in the drama category. I know this is not quite what this episode is about, but uh, like Ted Lasso mm -hmm. is a dramedy that mm -hmm. is still mostly comedy. It's a lighthearted dramedy. Yeah, and somehow. I and I think <laughs> stuff like The Bear, which I'm not saying are bad shows, I just don't think they should be in the comedy category, mm -hmm. or we need a new category. Because, like, it was in the category... Because the comedy category is always, like, comedy or musical TV. Yeah. Right? And it won mm -hmm. Best Comedy or Musical. Yeah. So it's just... But Quinta won for uh, Abbott Elementary for... That's good. Best Leading Actress That's in a comedy. See, Abbott Elementary is a comedy that is good and also is meaningful. It's a capital C comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And... Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not. There's nothing against the bear. I'm just saying, like, it shouldn't be. This is this just goes that, like critics don't like it's, comedy. Comedy. It's harder to make something that is purely a comedy yeah. and not being like a comedy slash whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the critic consensus of Rotten Tomatoes says that this movie has funny bits, but it's not enough for a feature. The audience consensus is it's hilariously dumb fun, especially if you're around the age group of the the guys. Yeah. Which I feel like is probably true for how a lot of people felt with Lonely Island 10 years ago. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, there's a 2.5 star Roger Ebert review that says, This one is more forgettable than it could have been, but also nowhere near the disaster that also that often comes when members of Lord Michael's troop are allowed out during the day. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. It's like movie's goofy but there's not like a lot where i'm like oh yeah i remember this one thing i guess one thing that we didn't mention mm -hmm. is there's a bear that shows up and it has no hair oh the creature that comes out when they so like they they have to they have to sing to open up the treasure door yeah. like we didn't even talk about that but they yeah. have to harmonize in order to open the door and then they do and then there's a hairless bear that walks out and it had been in there with the treasure it's like a thing that is a only on screen for two-ish minutes yeah. but it's the first thing that's mentioned in the synopsis that I could find on Google that was like three deadbeat co-workers fend off hairless bears it's like why is it plural yeah. <laughs> it's just the one <laughs> and it was only for a little bit <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I guess yeah. the review is just like there's so much in it and so like none of it quite sticks and reading reviews for this were weird yeah. um because I do agree, this one was more forgettable than it could have been. Um, I, yes, spoiler for my review later, but I initially gave it a higher score on our list because we reviewed it right after watching the movie, and then I changed it a couple days later because I was thinking about it, and I was like, I actually can't think of any quotes, like, two days after watching this movie. Reading about this again, then I was reminded about all this stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a good movie. So it's like... Yeah. Now I feel like I should give it a higher score, but that's just because I've read about it recently. I mean, this it might be like one like you just you need to watch it again for you to be like, oh, this is good. Because I know like the first time I watched Hot Rod, I was in high school, and I was like, I don't like this movie. And then I watched it again in college. It's like, oh no, this is a fantastic this is a good movie. movie. Yeah. So maybe it is just like it's it's too fresh. Like we need it's one that you, like you have to go back and. I do think it's rewatchable. Oh, it's definitely rewatchable. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just for it to be like a favorite or like a great mm -hmm. movie i think maybe it does need a rewatch yeah after not watching it for a bit yeah i also read a uh one star review from the guardian that the reviewer um the sometimes good movie reviews are always weird from it but um yeah she she said in it that like basically she would was like watching the movie half on her phone because she like couldn't pay attention to it she was just saying like she likes their sketches but this movie wasn't holding her attention enough through it i i don't feel like i felt that i didn't feel that but also that is just like admitting to the world that you, you haven't watched the movie you didn't watch the movie and still wrote a review about it yeah like i understand that some movies are a drag to get through we watched inside, inside. <laughs> but like you still have to watch it if yeah. you're watching a movie watch it yeah. don't get on your phone like mm -hmm. that's okay yeah so it's not it's not that forgettable or yeah. that 
lowbrow or whatever. I don't know. It's it's more redeeming than like a one star review. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this movie was a streamer. So how how would we know? So it's successful. So I can't find any numbers on its budget. It did te- technically make money at the box office. I would guess ten to twenty million. For budget? Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um. But so. It was a streamer, but it earned $14,573 from a release in the UK. Um, and then I tried to look up any other information about, like, hey, why did it show in theaters in the UK? And yeah. then it just showed me that Guardian article. So I couldn't find anything else. I guess also they're going to be on tour in the UK soon. So it was just like, you're looking for Please Don't Destroy in the UK? Here are their dates. Like, Maybe no. that's why. Yeah. It's like they trying to build the UK audience and they yeah. need something to introduce. So it earned $14,000. Um, good for them. <laughs> it's more than Weaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so a brief production timeline. Um, the script is already in development for this timeline. And then 2021, they're hired by SNL as writers and then they kind of assign themselves, according to them, in their interviews they signed themselves the pre-recorded packages. They were hired as the writers and then they wanted to do the packages thing and then just did it with, Rami Malek said yes, so then they did that first one. Yeah. So then they were just kind of like, we're gonna see who says yes to this and then hopefully this becomes our job. And then it did. Yeah. Um, they, they also got hired at SNL after Lauren Michaels came and saw one of their shows and then he talked to them afterwards and he was like we'll see you guys soon and they were like okay like we'll be in touch with lord michaels and then no that was him hiring them um <laughs> which sounds terrifying <laughs> yeah that's how he does it yeah it's ridiculous yeah um july 2022 universal pictures announced it had distribution rights from a then unre- untitled please don't destroy project produced by apato productions judd apato is a producer on this um yeah and then mid-july 2022 filming began in north carolina and lasted about seven weeks most of the filming was at various state parks and then the trout plus interior shots were shot at a former dick sporting goods makes sense uh may 2023 universal announces the film will, will release as a peacock exclusive on the november 17th um this was after an initial plan for a theatrical release on august 18th um, so I'm not sure why there was a switch to streaming exclusive besides just they might not have had faith in the movie. Yeah, I don't know if it would have. I don't think it's a theater movie in, mm-hmm. in 2023. Like 2002, mm-hmm. sure. But just with how many streamers there are and just how expensive getting yeah. movies out are, like it's just I don't think it would have done well. No. I th- with yeah. the level of quality the movie is. Um. Yeah, I found a, a Deadline article that was just talking about it is moving and not really giving a reason why. Um, there was a comment on that article from Sounds to Have Been Destroyed, <laughs> which is goofy. Uh, but someone said, this sucks. I was looking forward to a studio comedy getting a theatrical release. And aside from the Jennifer Lawrence movie and Stray- Strays, this one seemed best poised to actually make some noise and put those types of movies back on the map. With studios finally coming to their senses about the financial suicide of going straight to streaming and going back to prioritizing theatrical, they must have zero faith in this one. Again, this is just a comment from a random person on this article, yeah. but I do agree with most of what they're saying. It's like, there's a reason that I keep referring to this as early 2000s comedy, because they're not really doing this anymore. Yeah. Judd Apatow is making these productions and like trying to mentor young comedians, but there hasn't really been... Uh, new group yeah. like Lonely Island basically I don't know comedy is just not supported the way I feel it may have used to be mm-hmm. in our society we do live in a society do you know who I blame <laughs> who do you blame the snowflakes <laughs> I blame the snowflakes <laughs> Snowflakes, do you hear me? I blame you. Sincerely, Bill Burr. <laughs> Don't.
<laughs> yeah. Comedy goes in waves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was written by, produced by, and it stars the Please Don't Destroy group. What a shocker. Uh, it was directed by Paul Briganti, who is also uh, SNL segment director. He's also done Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, The Late Late Show with James Corden, a bunch of other comedy stuff. This isn't his first feature, but I think it's his biggest feature. Um, and then they had been developing the script before they were hired by SNL. They got the SNL job, and then, according to Jeb Ap- Apatow, he was then interested in like acquiring it immediately. Um, there's some behind-the-scenes footage of Avatar and others talking about how this is the next generation of comedy. Uh, they see themselves in this group. There's a bunch of stuff where they're like, oh man, it's like deja vu of seeing like, or thinking of me and Adam Sandler and a bunch of those guys just all yeah. making a movie together. So I get why comedy people are excited by this group. Yeah. Um, and then... According to Please Don't Destroy Themselves, they considered editing to be the most difficult part of the film production. Um, In an Esquire article, uh, Ben Marshall says, editing was probably the hardest. We're so used to having today's uh, total say in all our edits and being extremely involved. It was hard to relinquish a little control. We were working here in New York and it was being edited in Los Angeles. We were still involved. It was just logistically pretty crazy. Also, improv is very difficult to edit. So much of the process is just endless piles of unusable improv, just hours and days. Martin Hurley added, so much of the funniest shit was like a minute and a half of improvising that wasn't usable. Even if, even if there was one killer thing, we would still have to cut it. We're just so obsessed with making every scene as funny as possible. It, tr- clearly, it depends on your type of humor and whether or not it was as funny as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, Editing improv is difficult. So yeah i i can't imagine doing an entire movie worth Mm -hmm. feature length of three guys who make their career off of improv yeah and then any scene with conan (laughs) o'brien just how much footage do they have of conan o'brien saying things i mean even in some behind the scenes footage that i saw then he's like it's hard to see when he is and isn't in character yeah. um, or like in character as a version of himself where there there's like one clip that I can think of of I think filming had wrapped or was close to wrapping and Conan is just standing there in this group of, of people and he's like I've been on television for 86 years and never in my life have I been so disrespected by a group of youths or like yeah. how dare you all involve me in this production and like clearly he's he doesn't actually mean it yeah but yeah i can't i can't imagine all of that coming together but then they also seem to have a similar sense of humor with other behind the scenes footage they kept whoever edited this one clip or this one video did a good job <laughs> but uh, it was a video that peacock released where they they cut in between like judd apatow and um someone else who was also an executive producer on the movie talking about like clearly you can see that these group of guys are good friends and they love each other it keeps cutting back and forth between all three of the guys where they're like we're actually fighting right now this might be the end of our relationship (laughs) and one of them's like we don't talk to each other unless we're on set they all live together they work together (laughs) they're they're best friends (laughs) yeah um i also just couldn't imagine the I mean, I can, but I don't want to. The <laughs> transition between having total control over your edits mm-hmm. and then now you're in the studio system yep. with Universal and Peacock. <laughs> uh, then just fun facts. Uh, John Higgins was a clerk in A Man Called Otto and Martin Hurley was a, a zombie in Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Critically acclaimed. <laughs> QB Halloween. If you were wondering which one of the two had the nepotism connection, <laughs> it's those two out of the three of them. <laughs> well, shall we talk about our ratings now? Okay. Okay. Uh, so we do a four out of four rating system with five options. Zero out of four is oh no. Don't make movies. Go home. Sit on the couch, rethink your life, 
be an accountant and stop making movies. Mm-hmm. One out of four is that was a movie. Two is that was a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. Three is enjoyable and kind of technically good. Mm-hmm. Three is what I just said. And four is Oscar worthy. <laughs> what was three? Uh, no, you, I think you got it. <laughs> it's enjoyable and kind of technically oh, good. Oh, right, right, right. And then three is what I just said. Gotcha. But four is Oscar worthy. Gotcha. Um, so I gave it a two out of four mm-hmm. because it was fun. Yeah. And that's kind of about it. Yeah. I also gave it a two out of four. I originally gave it a three out of four. I think I was just mostly like, it's funny. Yeah. And it is a well-made movie. Um, but I gave it the higher score initially because I was just like, so pleasantly surprised yeah. that no one was gross about Lisa yeah. <laughs> that I was like wow three out of four <laughs> and then a couple of days later it's like well actually two yeah two feels about right <laughs> uh, so I'm sticking with two I still like it mm-hmm. I think it's a you know uppercase two <laughs> but solid uppercase solid two. uppercase two um <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's rewatchable. Yeah. But it's a good first movie for them. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. It definitely could have been worse. Yeah. SNL movies are sometimes bleh. Yeah. Hit or miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we always talk about another movie that we've watched recently. Um, I don't think we've watched a movie together recently. We've been busy. We have when we get home, we just want to shut our brains off. Mm-hmm. But I watched the movie Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Solid movie. Mm-hmm. It's a real solid movie. Mm-hmm. They should have kissed at the <laughs> They do, actually, in that one. You know what? This is also... They should have kissed at the end of Foggy Mountain. Yeah. All, all, all three, three of at them. the same time. Just a, a trifecta kiss. Yeah. Tombstone's good, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another Val Kilmer movie where he's not the main character, but he gives a solid performance. Nice. Kurt Russell is the main character in nice. Tombstone. Sam Elliott is in it. Dodge mm-hmm. Ram. <laughs> Get her done. <laughs> I'm Sam Elliott. I'm Sam Elliott. I was in Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> good. Have you watched the movie? I'm trying to think if I have. I feel like you have. Uh, I mean, yeah, not super recently. Uh, I've mostly been watching through um, an old Dimension 20 campaign and Great British Bake Off. So that's my favorite movie <laughs> is Great British Bake Off. Right. Well, I also <laughs> watched a new movie Whoa. that came out this year already mm-hmm. called Lift. Kevin Hart heist movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, so we're still staying relevant for those of you who are interested in, in new movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the new movie I decided to watch. Um, I gave it on Letterboxd half of a star. Mm, I didn't realize you could do that. Yeah, it's out of five stars on Letterboxd. Gotcha. Um, what a weird system. Yeah. Uh, this movie... Um, is worse than that Ryan Reynolds movie on Netflix that Michael Bay did a few years ago, Six Underground. Oh. Uh, and that movie was bad. I don't know that movie. It was real bad. I thought you were going to say The Gray Man. No. I mean, I only got 15 minutes into The yeah. Gray Man, so who knows. Um, No, Six Underground was a terrible Michael Bay movie, mm-hmm. but it had Ryan Reynolds and parkour. And so that was enough for me to be like, I can enjoy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie did not have Ryan Reynolds, or nor did it have parkour. Disappointing. Yeah. And it, like, to be a worse movie, though, than Six Underground is honestly impressive <laughs> because of how bad Six Underground was. Yeah. And this was worse. Mm. Like, what makes a good heist movie is you get to know all of the characters. Mm. The Ocean's movies, I love those movies get to know all the characters they all have their own personality these characters did not and did i mention i know i didn't but i'm asking it rhetorically 
Vincent D'Onofrio is in this movie. But all Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he's in this movie. And you have Vincent D'Onofrio and it's just like he's there. He's just kind of like he's just there. Like I feel like he's a good actor. He always gives solid performances. And in this one, he's just there. Like, yeah, I, I know. I know Vincent D'Onofrio is, um, he's got, he's got a, a quirky personality. Yes, he does. Um, but I like him in the things that I know him from. Um, my mom was a big fan of, of Law & Order uh, SVU, I think. Maybe. He was in that one. Whichever Law & Order that he was in, then she really liked that one. So I remember seeing him a lot. Um, and then I really like the movie Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. He's it's, good in that. Yeah, it's, yeah, the wild how many actors are in there, and it's like their first yeah. thing. He's great in Men in Black. Yeah, that too. And we just watched Echo. And we just watched Echo, and he plays Kingpin like he does in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Love his performance there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the voice. Yep. You ready? Are you gonna? When I was a boy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. He's Sam Elliott again. <laughs> no. no. Mm-hmm. I do like the... When I was a boy. <laughs> and then he gets really loud. I don't think my impression is great, but I don't think it's bad. Because uh-huh. he does the... When I was a boy. Yeah. He tells a story. And then, and then he gets really loud about something. <laughs> he comes back... <laughs> So anyways, that's our episode. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hope you like Vincent D'Onofrio. We're going to pivot to being a Vincent D'Onofrio podcast. Please support us on Patreon. Vincent, it's here. And if you don't, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> it's a little bit Nixon-y. It, yeah, it's in that, that territory. <laughs> for sure. Nah, but for real... Uh, Please support us on Patreon if you like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps us out. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Leave reviews. Subscribe to all of the things wherever you listen to us, wherever you watch us. Ring that bell. <laughs> As you're leaving Arby's. <laughs> As you're leaving that Arby's, ring the bell. <laughs> They'll say thank you, <laughs> and you'll say you're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, all that, and also... Our trailer for our movie, Hello, My Name is Friend Man, is out. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched that, go check it out. Please do. It's probably been out for like a month now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And if you have a movie you want us to watch next, let us know, and we probably will. Mm-hmm. But no one has, so. Be the first. <laughs> be the first. <laughs> okay, see you next week. <laughs>